Hey everybody, this is Dave Markowitz, your host, and you are listening to the Find Freedom Network podcast, the show that will help you find freedom. We interview people who have left liberal cities to move to areas that align more with their conservative family values. We also discuss what freedom means to businesses and help them get noticed in this new parallel economy. So sit back and watch or listen, and don't forget to please subscribe to our channel so we can spread the word about what finding freedom really means. Did you ever grow up in an area and one day look around and discover things are not the same anymore? That happened to my family, and I decided it was time to leave and find a better place. You see, the place I grew up in, Los Angeles, California, changed many of the core conservative values that I grew up with, and I had had enough. My passion has now become helping families with the same values and dreams as me find freedom and helping them move to a more conservative values state that aligns with how they want to live and raise their family. If that's where you're finding yourself today, I would love for you to download my free ebook I wrote and published titled The New Cold War, Red and Blue America Divided, The Escape of the Lefty G to Find Freedom. This is where you can read my story and what led me to this point. Head over to www.thefindfreedomnetwork.com and download it for free. Again, go to www.thefindfreedomnetwork.com and download the ebook for free. You can also go to Amazon and get it there too. And also, please remember to follow our podcast and the Find Freedom Network podcast on Spotify and Apple and all the other network podcasts where they can be found. And thanks again for listening. Hey everyone, it's Dave Markowitz here, part of the Find Freedom Network podcast show. And today I have the great honor of speaking with a lady who I call her the ultimate volunteer, (laughs) (laughs) Celeste James or CJ, as I like to call her. And I'll just give you a little background of what Celeste is known for. And uh, she's got a pretty large bio here. Um, So you are retired Veterans Affairs Benefits Advisor. You are part of the Black Voices for Trump's group. You're also the Chairwoman Membership Committee of the Georgia Republican Alliance. Recently, you became the second Vice President of the Augusta Women's Club, which was founded in 1913. Uh, and at over 100 years old, it's the oldest women's civic organization in Augusta, Georgia. You are also part of the Georgia Federations of Women's Clubs. You also were a volunteer for the 8th District Chair for the Republican Party of Georgia. And another key thing that many of you won't know or did not know about her is she was one of the key people on the ground to try to get Herschel Walker uh, elected uh, as a Senate in Georgia. And I, I really think you were a key player there. And all I see here, Celeste, is you're a great woman who wants to give back to her community and her country. So um, you have a great, great resume. And I just want to start off by asking what motivated you to become a volunteer for the Republican Party? Um, Around almost 12 years ago, um, a lot of my friends were veterans. We were talking about the changes that we saw in the country and how when we were soldiers overseas, it was, um, we were 
inundated with people coming up to us talking about how great American products um, were to them and, and how much they wanted to come to America. And so, and then we fast forward to where we are um, 12 years ago. It was as if people, um, when they talked about America, it wasn't with that same sense of pride. A lot of our good, goods and services were being um, created overseas. And so then therefore you didn't know um, what items were being made in the United States. Um, and so it was a complete turnaround. And we were shocked, dismayed, horrified, and wondering what can we do to change, or what can I do to change the direction in which our country is going? How can we be that voice for the average American who sees where I'm pressing one for English and two for Spanish or for whatever language? And it's like, wait a minute, are we not in the United States of America where the primary language is English? And so we were uneasy, I was uneasy, and I wanted to, number one, remind people of the goodness and the greatness of America, how beautiful that is, and also about the presence of God and all the things that we do, and how our Bill of Rights, our great constitution, all come from ideas in that great book, the Bible. That's correct. And a reminder of who we all are as Americans and not to forget that and hold our elected officials accountable because you say you're running under this premise. So then therefore, when you stray from that, I want to be that voice. Hello. What are we doing? Um, did you serve in the service? Were you, were you? I did. I served three years active, six years reserves in the United States Army. Well, I first of all, I want to thank you for that. That means the world to to me, my family. Um, you know that. Thank you, you. We there's nothing more than serving our country, and I, it looks like you've served it in the military fashion, but now on the grounds of just helping you know people in terms of actual service. So you've you've you were actually serving all the way through. Um, when did you get started in the Republican Party? Were you always a Republican? I've always been a Republican. Or should I say, should I say, because I look at it two ways. I look at, I, I don't call myself, even though I am Republican, mm -hmm. I, I call myself a conservative because my my feeling right now is Republican Party. It's shifting, you know, they're all combined at this point. And I really think we have to look at each other as conservatives. So were you a conservative well, first? Or I'd like to get into that. I think uh, I'm a conservative first because... Um, everyone in my household, they were Democrats. And um, and um, um, for me, when I first came into in my interest in politics was when Bill Clinton was serving. And um, and I actually voted for Bill Clinton. And um, he had that um, that quality. Some people have that that um, quality that draws you to them. He was able to convey a strong message Correct. and it resonated with me. And so um, I started out voting for um, um, Bill Clinton. I like Bill Clinton. I still do. <laughs> you know what? Um, he was, he did have a great message in terms of uniting. And, and look, that was back in like the early nineties. And I think Absolutely. from then until now, I think a lot has changed. 
It has. Um, politically, the messaging. I still think he was, he saw the writing on the wall when he lost, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. votes and he went towards the middle because he said, okay, I need to unite the country at this point. Otherwise, why was I really elected here? Absolutely. Now, we all know Bill Clinton has his issues, so I'm not going to get down that road. Absolutely. But as you say, he knew when to shift to kind of unite the country at a certain point. And I think at this point, we're so divided that whoever is yeah. going to come in there, it's either red or blue, and there's no middle ground anymore. Um, and the unifying factor is gone at this point. So I agree with you on Bill Clinton, actually, which mm-hmm. I, I, I'm shocked that I'm even saying that, but I'm 100% agreeing with you. Yes, Bill Clinton. I think um, a lot of the people who came after him tried to imitate a lot of that. Um, Bill Clinton knew how to be statesman. Right. I think a lot of the people that we're seeing now today, I think they need to take a class on how to be statesmanlike or how to be a leader and to truly... um, understand that they serve at the will of the people. It is the people that you serve. I think they've lost sight of that and all the rhetoric and all of the going back and forth. I think they're missing out on the American people. What is it that the American people need our elected officials to speak to? What do we need them to do? And I think they're getting so caught up in the I, I, I. You're missing it. And it's turning off a lot of Americans. Because I'm hearing on the ground that people are like, we don't care about either party because they simply don't care about us. They are missing it. And the hatred back and forth is turning a lot of people off. And they need to return back to who do you serve? Correct. They they forgot who they served. 100% right. Um, Have you seen the Republican Party evolve at all since you started with your volunteering work in one good or bad way? I mean, I think it it, it breaks my heart because um, for me, I am, um, you know, that that person who feels called to service and serve at the will of the people. And and for me. Um, this nastiness, this meanness, that if you don't do what I say, or if you don't support my candidate, well, then we're going to blackball you, ostracize you, darn near try to do the scorched earth um, um, type of campaign on people. It's brutal. And if you're not strong enough to stand in the midst of that, we have a lot of people who are leaving who are saying, CJ, I don't I don't recognize the Republican Party anymore because a lot of us are came in during the time of Ronald Reagan and identified with that type of approach. And so this meanness that's in your face, this I'm going to destroy you with lies, innuendo, whatever I can do to take you out does not sit well with me at all. Let me let me ask you, since you just finished working on the, you know, election for Herschel Walker, mm-hmm. do you think him as a black man and you as a black woman had a lot of is that that blackballing type thing because of that? Were they swaying the message because of that? I want to get your opinion. I mean, he did run against Warnock, but. Was there anything that you saw on the ground as a Republican woman? And here he's a Republican black man that, you know, they the Democrats don't like that message, of course. That's the 
that's the outlier for them. That's the, you know, the kryptonite against them. So I'm curious, since you helped Herschel, what do you, what do you think was the ultimate reason? Was it messaging? What, what do you think? One of these people, you've asked me that question, and I'm going to answer it. <laughs> well, I know you'll tell the truth. That's I'm what I'm going to answer you. Because right. for me, I don't do well with identity politics. 100%. I spoke out initially when they were tossing around candidates um, to run um, in Georgia. Um, they wanted Black Republicans. My statement to them was, then you're making a mistake. Wow. Because... We had SB202 on the table. And so they felt that they had to have all Black candidates in order to take race off the table. I said, when you go to put just all Black candidates, you have put race front and center. And it will be offensive to a large um, part of the people, um, a large majority of the people that you're trying to win over because they'll see right through it. Why not go and look for the best candidate in each particular um, race, not just based on the color of skin because you'll lose every time. And that in and of itself is racism in my opinion. So when we go and we have all of these viable candidates and we pick someone because of celebrityism. Now, let me say this. I like Herschel Walker. I think he's an honest, strong, faith filled man who truly cares about the country and wanted to do good. He was simply caught up in something he had no control over. With that said, he was the candidate and I was gonna drag him across the line if need be, cause I wanted that seat. That seat was all important. Right. But as a black woman, a Republican, and I'm saying to leadership, it is offensive to me Mm. That you would do this. How dare you? Because you set the tone for future candidates. You're telling me hmm, that you don't care if they're qualified while you're sitting here saying it's not even one of the smartest people in the drawer. So then you're saying you know that he is not qualified. That may be not what some people want to hear, but those are facts. Okay? And so we put him there. And when it came to be that that celebrityism was not enough, right. when we saw the betrayal in the party itself, his own party betrayed him. They wanted him because of the celebrityism. They wanted those autographs. Right. But when they saw what I had tried to tell him from the onset, then do you want to try to destroy the man? No, no. The party has a lot hmm. to so, learn, a lot to um to clean up, really. It, it, so that's why I'm. That's why when I started my conversation with you, I said I'm a conservative, not a Republican, because I think that's where we're headed to that divide. And they took a situation like Herschel Walker and did exactly what you just said and divide based on race. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's why I see the left and the right at this point, I call them the same team and they're just vying for votes. And that's not going to change this country. That's not mm -hmm. where we're going to head to go to the right America that you remember as what you were mm -hmm. saying, based on when Ronald Reagan was out there and he was the great mm -hmm. unifier at that point. Mm 
Absolutely. So I, I, I think the Republican Party, I'm going to say this, um, and it's been deeply hurtful for me. Hurtful. And I and I wanted a conversation for a long time now. They only want certain people of color. They don't want anyone like me because I'm outspoken. You can't miss me. And I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to question you and I'm going to see, is this in the best interest for the constituents and also for me? And so they don't want people like me. I've been told that. So you want people that you think are, <laughs> they will bend and they will do what you tell them to do. And if you're not that way, then they try to make sure that you understand that you're not wanted. But for someone like me, I say, you say that this is a big tip, that you want to include everyone. Right. Well, here I am. I'm standing. I love this great country of ours. Who are you to tell me that I can't serve? Who are you to tell me that I'm not good enough? When I've driven all over the state of Georgia and stood for a lot of candidates in this state, where they've taken my ideas as their own, my intellectual property. Some can of you, them have made. Can millions. you get into that? That's and in, I would love to. You just okay. hit on a nerve there. Go into that. Is there any specific case? Because I want you to talk. Because you have a voice. You serve this country. Absolutely. Um, for for training in the state of Georgia. Remember, I came in, I didn't know and understand a lot about the political world and how um, the people are just, they have no shame. They'll take your ideas and run with them. When as I was acting in the role of a political consultant and didn't know it, mm. and that I was supposed to be paid for these ideas. So I'm thinking of strategies in which to grow the Republican Party, messaging, how to involve people. So I'm going to leadership and saying, okay, I have an idea. We need training. This is what we need to do at the precinct level. So we need to go ahead and start training at that level so people can understand what it is that you're wanting them to do when they come into the Republican Party. We need to have it statewide. We also need to have... Um, someone appointed who can go into the different counties or districts. And we need to know who the people are that are over each polling location. You need to identify those people, know if they're Republican or Democrat. And also, um, this needs to be our, our, our chairs, our county chairs need to be intricately involved in knowing and understanding um, 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 election law. That's key. And we need to start developing ways in which each county can be self-sufficient, independent, raising money. So partnering with each, let's say you have a small county. Okay. And so they can partner with two of the other counties and you can have an event to raise money in their county. And then the next month we, we just go ahead and change it. You should also need to be able to have merchandising, T-shirts, cups for your county to raise money so you're not so dependent on the GOP. That was implemented in the first congressional district and the GOP took it up and they started doing their own marketing with T-shirts and everything because it brings in revenue because it is a what? It's a business. 
And so you need to think outside the box in ways and also in utilizing those people who have businesses. For example, um, for strategy because of COVID, I said, why don't you utilize the food trucks? And um, our homeowners association, start having our candidates go to those meetings. Start going to um, your, 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 your big stores, your outlets. Give bottles of water with the candidate's name on it. Have barbecues. Also start going to a lot of the community events. Know what's happening in your community, that community monthly calendar. And go ahead and tag along. Go ahead and get up, a, you know, put up a tent. And then you can have um, voter registration. You can start talking to people, letting them know more about the party. Start being engaged, not just on election day, right? but being engaged in your community, being visible. These are the things that I put forward and they ran with it. And then they will say, well, CJ, we're going to go ahead and hire you to go ahead and train um, people in different districts or counties. And then when the job comes open, they're like, oh, CJ, we didn't know you wanted it. But I sent in my resume. And then I'm told that you don't want anyone older than 30. So that's ageism. I said, do you not understand that you can be sued? So you want to take my ideas, take my ideas that God gave to me. Okay. How, how do you, you stand up to somebody else? huh? How do you stand up to something like this, CJ? Some days it's really hard, but I said, you're not going to run me out because I'm standing. There are more people like me who just don't have the courage to stand. Correct. And I refuse to let them run me away. I have people, Democrats, who called me to say, CJ, do you know that they gave us a job? Really? Like, I don't want my family to eat that I don't want something for myself. Correct. And then there are people, even now, as I consider running for Richmond County Chair, that are telling me that you already have someone. But with all that I've done in the state of Georgia and my credentials, I am more than qualified to flip Richmond County. But you're telling me, because you don't want the party to grow, because you have it to only that where it's only a certain amount of people that are even attending the meetings because you don't want it to grow. And that's the way that you keep control. No, I want if I want to, and I win it. Hmm? Tell people, you don't have that right. So that's why there is no change right now in the Republican Party, because you have racist people yes. who hide behind Absolutely. the church. And they'll sit up and tell you, oh, we want you. But then they have their quota, one black man and one black woman, or maybe one Hispanic. I've had to deal with not only racism from other folks, but from those people as well, because you want my name. You want to take a picture with me, but you don't want me because I speak truth to power and I will continue to do so. You you have such um, power and emotion in your voice and it's coming from your heart. And I definitely can tell 
And mm-hmm. I don't understand you have ideas why they would not want someone like you to be one of the voices because you are you're you're on the ground, you know everyday people and you're a fighter. So why there there's there's it's all about the machine. We know about the machine and it's about the machine and what they're holding against me is this. Are you ready? I'm ready. I want you to tell your story. Okay. I was the eighth district chair out of Chatham County. Okay. I was doing radio. I was the liaison between the Board of Elections and the Republican Party. Easily able to go ahead and get those people while they were doing council and place them at the Board of Elections. I had the ear of Ralston, David Schaefer, some of the most powerful people in the state of Georgia. But there were some people who didn't care for this black skin of mine, and they let me know. Why was I being allowed to speak? And I would say, please, if you have a problem with the way they're doing things, go speak to leadership because I did not ask to be here. Okay? Mm. So don't, don't put your frust- take your frustrations and your hatred out on me. But what happened was that mm, when Trump, when Trump started his race and and um, well, he they started doing the grassroots, and I went to a county meeting. And I was bringing in people. I was bringing in the Pacific, the Pacific Asian Americans. Wow. I was bringing in um, people from different groups, and they were not allowing them in. So you wanted diversity, and so I said, "Okay." I hit the ground running, and I had the people. I had the people from the Korean community. They were saying, "Miss CJ, we're right across the street from the Republican Party, but we've never been invited." So. I established relationships with each group. And I also went to church with them and started to fellowship. But when they were not being called to come to meetings, I questioned why. And so they were like, oh, we haven't probably vetted. It doesn't take that long. It's been four months to vet someone. They wanted the county chair at that time to, um, she wasn't doing what they wanted. And so they wanted me to sit in that position. I said, no, we need to work with her. And so, and I liked her. And I understood that she needed time to change. But they didn't want that time. So we had a meeting one particular night. And her husband was there. I didn't know at the time he was drinking. And he felt, I guess it was easier to attack me. And so during the course of the meeting, he started yelling and screaming, and he called me the N-word. He had to be physically restrained. He was yelling like a wild animal. One of my friends escorted me out of the building. I'm like, well, what happened? You know, and, and she's like, well, I guess he thought you were, um, um, you know, um, coming against his wife. I said, I don't know why he thought that. It wasn't me. It was the other three people. But... I said, so he found it easier to attack me. So I wanted it to be a a, a positive, turn that negative into a positive, address the elephant in the room, which is racism. And so um, they don't want to do that. They wanted me to let it go. I went and did a um, report downtown, downtown Savannah, and um, I wanted a restraining order. And then the sheriff, I wanted the sheriff to deliver it. He never did. 
He said that the Republican Party told him they were going to handle it. I took the complaint to David Schaefer, and I also took it to the RNC committee man of Georgia at the time, um, Jason Thompson. They both determined that it was racism and that it needed to be addressed, and so that they needed to apologize to me in public and in private. Rather than do that, the chair, the county chair, whose husband it was, decided that she would resign. Her husband resigned, but they had some choice words for the chair and for the RNC committee man. This woman went, and this is what a lot of people don't know. She took everything that wasn't nailed down out of the Republican Party. Oh, wow. We were getting ready for a convention. So she took everything, the files, everything that was needed in order to have a successful convention. She even would not give access to the bank account. And I said, so you all would rather that they think it's me. And you won't say a mumbling word to her. So there began the attacks on me. I was not, people were afraid to allow me to come in their counties and speak. It was a lot of pushback. I was made to feel as if I had done something wrong. And then they started the whisper campaign. Then when prominent people would come into Savannah, Georgia, they would look upon me as if I were the enemy. Who who are who are the people that are on your side at this point that you can call for help or to help you? Are you by yourself at this point fighting this fight? I have the RNC committeeman, Jason Thompson, that I call friend, and I have Jason Shepard, you know, Latham Sadler, beautiful soul, Herschel Walker. Um, you know, um, so many Nate Nancy O'Neill that know the truth. And um, and so, but you're fighting against a system of people Correct. who want to go ahead and blackball you while painting themselves as being, oh, we're this uber conservative, we're this big Republican, you're less than. And I'm like, I'll put my record up against yours any day and still come out smiling because you are not who you say you are. And so, it's been a long, a, a, a lot of years of, of fighting back against people um, who think that I should not be where I am. What's your ultimate goal? Where do you want to be in Georgia? My ultimate goal, I wanted to be someone who could go around the state of Georgia talking to people about what conservatism is. What does it mean when you join a party? Here are the things that I'm looking at. I wanted to develop programs for young people to mentor because I do do that. I mentor a lot of the young people coming into politics in the state of Georgia. They're sent to me because they know that they will be protected and I will not lead them in the wrong direction. So I am mom to a lot of the young people because I feel that their voices are not being heard. People are trying to silence them. And um, we have um, predators who look upon them. They don't have the mother or the father here. And so they think that they can go ahead, not pay them the correct wages um, um, and work them um, um, insane hours. And oftentimes you're not caring if this, this young person has enough food to eat. Do they have decent housing? Do they have enough, you know, do they have a decent vehicle? 
Who's looking out for the welfare of the young people? These are our leaders. That's they right. are. And so we need to be able to develop them, but they need to be with people that they feel safe with, that they know that I'm not going to try to take advantage of you. I'm going to feed you, make sure you're all right, because I'm your mama in place of your mama or your dad. Right. I'm that. And so, and to make sure that we, I want a safe place and I want people who care about this country to, to um, be a mentor to guide the young folks along the way. Let's not put stumbling blocks in their way because we're finding that a lot of the county chairs um, are jealous and envious of these young people. And they purposely make sure that they don't feel welcome. So they're ostracized. Now they don't do it to the ones who already had the titles. Like if you have someone who's a regional um, um, um supervisor, whatever have you, they don't dare do that to them. But the others, they'll make sure that they know there's nothing spoken that you're not wanted. And we need to stop that because when you go into a lot of Republican meetings, you'll see a lot of older people. That's because you're running the young folks away, envy and jealousy. And so we need to address that. And I wanted to be someone who they knew they could come to and that I could set up a platform where they would be safe. And we could truly be about raising up young leaders, developing programs where we can get people who are ready to run for office. We need to have them with some mentors because they need to understand the position that they're running for. I don't need people that you're putting in place because their skin may look like mine. They may be brown. And you want that, you say, well, we want to get the people of color. Well, you will get people of color because a lot of folks, people of color, are conservative. It is the messaging. So you revamp that message, tailor it to where, okay, then you do care about me. We're all the same. And it's a win-win all day. But as long as they keep the divisiveness, hmm, and this will continue because they're not getting it. They're not getting it. Stop putting people up simply because they have black or brown skin. Are they qualified for the position? Are you qualified? Do you care about your community? Have you been active in your community? If so, show me. Show me that name recognition. You should be able to tell me some of the key places in your community. I want to know. Well, who is Joe over here? Who owns that barbershop over here? You live here 20 years? Well, how come you don't know Joe? Joe lives three houses down from you, but you've been here 20 years and you want to run for political office and you don't know anything about the people? No, 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 no. No, people see through that. They see through that all day. So it is a change in our thought processes. Messaging is all important. That heart, that heart, People see that all day long. Do you care about what's happening right now? And we need people who understand that. It's not about Republican or Democrat. It is about being a part of a community, all of us working together, because it's only by doing that are we going to get through what's coming in this country. It is. And so we 
and the people I'm talking to, and Lord knows I talk to a lot, they're tired of all the grandstanding, all of this nonsense. Stop it already. Right. Let's get down to, to the root roots of what 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 is it of concern to the average American. Speak to that. Speak to it. Be strong. I'm looking for a Margaret Thatcher with balls. That's a, that's mm -hmm. that's that's great. I mean, look look what's going on in terms of right now in Atlanta. I mean, with <sighs> and you may want to and talk about that too. But these are all the versions of what the real problem is. This is Absolutely. just you know this is another diversion to get you off the story and say okay, this is. And Absolutely. I tell people, don't look at what the headline is. Look at what else is happening. What bills are coming up for a vote? <laughs> what bills are coming up for a vote? You need to pay attention. You need to know what your state representatives are doing at this particular time. It matters at the state, the local, state, and federal level. But most particularly, we're looking at that local movement. And so when we have to have these conversations, we're going to have to get people to be smart, all right? So oftentimes people want to send those pastors because the pastors have great sway over their congregations. And so we need to sit down with the pastors and we're going to have to understand who you're serving because you can't serve two masters, okay? So if we are going to our pastors and we're going to be in the world, and we're going to be speaking to worldly things, then we must stay true to the word of God, if you will, because you cannot serve two masters. And so we have to get our evangelicals to an understanding of where we're at right now and how crucial it is. We have so many people who are lost spiritually, who are lost spiritually, and they're looking for help. How dare you use that position <laughs> to mislead folks is not all but that to me in and of itself to be a pastor over a congregation to be that vessel to deliver that word is one of honor and you cannot will not and shall not betray that office but too many times we're seeing that happen too many people especially when we're talking about in atlanta who are concerned with the color of their skin you were elected to serve all people not just black or brown people. So if you have that thought in mind, then you don't need to sit in that position. When you're elected to office, you serve all people, irregardless of the color of their skin, you're serving them all. We have the wrong people sitting in office right now. Too many of the wrong people. That needs to be rectified. People need to do their homework. You've got to go ahead and investigate these folks. Look at their voting history. Look at what they've done in their community. Right. And go from there. Not based on what somebody else is telling you. I, I agree. The problem I see is look at somebody in the community and they may have a backstory like Warnock, where, you know, beating his wife or I'm just giving you examples. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the messaging that against the the news, it's that fight against what is the real story. And I think the conservatives have a big issue with battling the media to get out what the real story is. That's one aspect. The next, next aspect is 
we're a little bit older, you and I, I'm going to be 54. So mm-hmm. my, my feeling and my thinking is how do we get the message to the kids, our young, young adults, 18 to 24, because that's the next generation, as you said, if we want them to be conservative, the, the, the liberals, the Democrats, they know how the system works. They have activated the young folk. Okay. But for, yeah. for conservatives, we need to teach, as you say, in the churches, well, we need people to come up as well. How do we get that those young folks to, I know you want to t- train them on the ground, but they're not getting the support, like you said, but how okay. do we get them? Because that's who's going to be our leadership. Absolutely. So in each county, you have a grouping of young business leaders, young business owners. They meet monthly. And so attend those meetings. I do. I love being amongst the youth and that energy, that passion. And so I cultivate those relationships. And I also on the college campuses, we must, I'm in the process of mentoring 10 young people right now who are getting degrees in in different arenas, but they will be with me for 30 days. Mm. And so I'm showing them what it is that I do. And um, and it is hearing their stories, letting them know that I care. Um, and so I'm invested with our young people. My children are all young Republicans, but they don't feel welcome when you go. So I don't take them. But my daughters wow. and my son are just as engaged. My baby girl, she was like, Mom, I don't like what they're doing to Herschel. He's changed. He's changed his life around. He's born again. But yet they're forgetting that. Aren't we in the Bible Belt? So forgiveness. And so, but yet they're heaping coals on his head, Mom. I don't like that. So she's entered a chat with a lot of other young people. And they were engaged saying, we're going to vote for Herschel Walker. We don't like what we're hearing. Um, on the news. And so my daughter said, well, mom, can you talk to us and tell us some things? So I would share with her, but his team wasn't doing it. And so we're like, what's wrong with folks? Think outside the box, find those ways, engage with young people. And you'll find that they are able to follow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. They're able Absolutely. to follow. That's, that's amazing. Um, what do you think are the most important goals right now for Republican Party in Georgia in the coming years? What's oh, what do you wow. think? in the state of Georgia because we have three different factions? I think um, you know we've all seen this country has seen what vengeance can do to a person. It can destroy a legacy, vengeance, yeah. and so <laughs> and so. I would say to people. The same thing that was done to you, why would you want to try to do it to other folks? We have right to support different candidates. But when we see that candidate, we fall in line and say, okay, we'll go ahead and get that person elected. But how dare you think to have revenge upon people simply because they didn't vote for you the first time, but then yet you want to try to destroy a group of people because you don't like who they're following? So we've got to have a hard conversation here in Georgia, an understanding of what our party stands for, what is our mission. We've got to have it. 
And it has to be somebody strong enough to speak to both all the factions and bring them together as one, because we are one. We're a big family, and sometimes we may squabble, we may not like one another, but that messaging should be strong, on point. And it's like, we're not deviating from that because we've got to hit the ground running. We don't have time for this nonsense. And I tell people, you don't have to like me, but I'm not going to tell you anything to harm you. I'm trying to show you the way. Right. And so I tell people right now, I want you to sit down, sit down, get out of my way. Because we're having too many people who are leaving the party right now right. because of the hatred. Right. The hatred. These people sitting up here saying, oh, I'm more of a patriot than you are. Really now. Please sit down. That's ignorant. We don't have time for that. So, so it is this people butting heads in the same party. The other side has done what I don't think, you know, they've infiltrated the Republican Party. And, and it is a war with them. They don't have to do a doggone thing. Right. Except get their candidates ready because the Republican Party is losing because of the fighting inside. We have people running for political office right now promising people the moon, promising them a seat at the table. And what do I say to that? I have my own doggone table. Right. I don't need yours. That's right. I can create my own. So when we are out here making promises to people, who've been vilified, blackballed by a lot of the people in political power today. They're hurt like me. Me, the more you push me, the stronger I'm going to stand. And I'll be right there looking at you, smiling. And I'm still embrace you with love because that's my heart. I won't do unto you what you've done to me, but I do want you to sit down. Please sit down, okay? It's too important right now, the future of our country. Too many of our babies are being lost. Our school system, instead of parents being engaged in the school system because you care, I've been talking about this for 20 years. I've always been involved in the school system. The teacher looks up, I'm there. They got to know me by name. And so you must understand that it is a partnership between the teacher and that parent. And so open lines of communication, no ego is outside the door because the most important thing is that child. That's right. Is the Absolutely. child. 100%. And so for me, I'm like, I love my children and I take that responsibility greatly. And so whatever you need to know to help my baby, oh, here we are. We can do that. And so it is to work together to make sure that when they leave that high school, we have a strong person, knowledgeable, able to go out if they're going to a four-year college or a two-year college, or if they're going straight into the workforce. But they understand at least the basics to where they can survive. Right. And right now, with all of this hoopla right now, they're not getting it. And so what's being lost is we have our kids who are special needs, who are missing out on two years. Two years, they've got to catch up. We don't have time right. to argue, fight amongst one another. The price of food is going up. People have to determine, okay, well, maybe I may have to start maybe not eating meat because it's too expensive. And so these are the things that are uppermost in my mind. But with getting back to your original question, the Republican Party has to pivot again 
That messaging needs to be strong, but first and foremost, a strong leader who's able to bring together all factions and not someone who thinks that they've earned it because they've been in there a while. And that's the way, by the way, they've been picking these leaders in Georgia, I was told. So it's based on, well, you've done your time. It's time for you to get it. Or you can raise a lot of money. But is are those two people the best people for the job? The answer would be no. No. And so... And right now, I am, um, I'm not endorsing anyone right now. If I had the money, yes, I would run. If I had $100,000, I would run and I would win, okay? At heart, the heart, it is about that heart. And a knowing of how to flip a situation, speak directly to it. But instead, I think we'll get more of the same. That's what I say. I agree. I think we're going to get more of the same because I don't see a way out of it. I think everyone's so dug in at this point. Um, and, you know, it, it all comes down to ego and people need to leave their ego at the door Absolutely. because we're looking for the goodness of the whole and people's ego are looking at themselves. And that's not if we want to bring this country back to what we, you know, we stood for. You got to check the egos at the door. It doesn't, it doesn't work. You know, we're, it's not about us. I keep telling people it's about our kids because once we're gone, who's going to run this place? I know and my son is special needs. He's autistic. And I have to make sure that I leave a country for him that he'll be safe in. And right now it's not there. So I have a lot of work to do. I would love to just sit home and not do anything, but I have to be engaged. I have too many young people crying out to me, Miss CJ, you know, can you please? We want a young club. We want to be included. We want to be able to utilize our voices without fear of intimidation or harassment. Or somebody's thinking that you are their toy, that they can go ahead and abuse you. I don't want any more calls from young people because an adult has put their hands on them. I told them I ride and I come see you. How dare you that somebody's child. Okay? We have a lot of that going on. And um, we need to clean it up. That somebody's child. Yeah. And a lot of these people are old enough to be their parents or grandparents. And I would say, how dare you? How dare you? It's too many. Too many. So there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. For people like you and myself. Well, that's, we're all trying to do the good fight at this point, you know, and that's one of the reasons, you know, as you know, my story, I left a liberal place to go to a conservative place, which is now Tennessee, because I needed to do it for my kids. I didn't think they'd have the opportunity back mm. in California because it's just changed and that didn't align with my conservative values. And, um, you know, my kids are old enough to make their own decisions at this point, but we as parents have to do it best for our kids. Um, what, what is your next step? Where are you headed to at this point? What's your, what are you doing now? What do well, you, what, my, yeah, my priority is to get, um, Annie's legacy. Um, an organization, Annie's Legacy Incorporated, um, named after my mom, passed away when she was 54. She had um, started out as breast cancer and it went into her bones. 
And so she instilled in all seven of her children a strong work ethic and also a sense of, of being involved in the community and just loving people and just being active. And so my mom was beloved by so many people and she loved the firemen and the police, the people from the police department. Because when we were serving, they would come and make sure our mom made it to her doctor's appointments. And so I was- That's real America. Serving. CJ, that's Absolutely. real America. That's what, it is. That's what it's about. Absolutely. And they would make her meals and take it to Miss Annie. And so my organization is to help homeless or at-risk veterans and also um, help them with employment and also with housing. And okay. then we also help our educators with supplies um, because I know and I understand a lot of the sacrifices that they make. A lot of people don't know, but that a lot of the teachers have second jobs. And because they cut so much of the um, resources, they have to come out of pocket right. for pencils and papers and things like that. Right. And so I provide those to them. Annie's legacy does. And so, um, um, and we also help victims of sex trafficking and those um, with domestic violence. Since I was in a safe home for two and a half months, my son and I, um, and I will share this with you because I, I, I want people to get this. I was beaten because I was, I'm a Republican and he hated Donald Trump and he thought I was betraying him with Donald Trump. So I was living two lives. So making sure that I went and um, if I was speaking someplace, I made sure that I got home before him and I changed clothes. And then I could never leave the TV on Fox News um, because then he would know, oh, you're supporting Trump again. And so, um, but it took a year for me to get the strength to go ahead and leave. But I had to because he was looking at my boy and the attacks I knew would start against my son. And by that time, my son was not coming out of the room um, when he was present and afraid to come out to eat. And so, but the Intimate Partner Violence Program through the VA, I worked with those people and just started moving my things a little bit at a time, but I ran out of time and um, um, had to be escorted out, police escort. And, um, and so was in safe homes because my son was over 18. Uh, we were in a hotel for almost three months, but someone, because I was working with the census, told some of the people who they had in that hotel. And they put my son and I out on Juneteenth of last year. And it was a Friday that was a, it was the first holiday, everything had shut down and I had not gotten access to my money because he took it all. Because I was so sick, that's another story, but I gave him access to the bank account, had nothing. And I had to call upon the Republican Party. I had to call upon some people to reach out. Look, I'm here. I need some help. I'm being I'm being doubly traumatized because I'm a Republican. There's nothing worse. I'm standing. And so now I have to tell people. That was being beat, that double lie. Mm -hmm. 
And so, but for my boy, I would to save my son. And so I left the first congressional district where I was running for first district chair. I would have been the first black woman to attain that goal. But for my son, but to have someone who hated Republicans so badly, you would do that to us. That has been resolved, I want you to know. So we use it as a, a lesson, okay, to where this is what we don't want to do. Right. But for my son. And so now um, in the job that I held, I do place women who are in danger, no matter where they are in the state of Georgia. I have the ability to go ahead and move them um, to a safe place, to another county where they will not be found with their children. They'll be safe. And um, I want to do for them what was not done for me. And so I was, um, mm, some people thought it was funny and they wanted to make light of what happened to me. For those people, shame on them. But it's taken me a long time to get to where I'm comfortable speaking my truth. That's why I say I will never allow anyone to try to take away my voice. That's right. And for what I stand on to be right, true, just. And so for those people who need someone strong, someone willing to go ahead and stand in the fire, I will and I shall. Doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> right. But I understand. And so when I tell people, don't be so quick to judge me. You haven't even bothered to get to know me. Right. Or but step you'll in take your shoes. My, yeah, you'll take my ideas and right. run all the way to the winner's circle with them. And that's the governor. Because what he used was my plan. It was a plan that was given to Leffler, Kelly Leffler, and David Perdue. But they you tried to utilize it too late, that grassroots plan, and it was given to him. So you don't have to thank me, but I know, and God knows, and I got the paperwork to back it up. It was mine, but you took it. Okay, so, but no more. So I'm telling people in the state of Georgia, you want me on your campaign? You want to talk to me? You have to pay me. You pay everybody else? That's right. You will pay me. That's okay. right. You're you're a consultant at this I'm point, worthy. like all the rest of them. And worthy. That's so, right. But there are people who got mad at me because I wanted to be paid. I'm running up and down the state of Georgia, giving you my intellectual property. You don't want to pay me and you get mad because I ask you to be paid. So I say, what is the difference between this person and me and me? So there are a lot of things that are wrong right now. Yeah. We have a lot of work to be done. So we have a, an organization that says that they're not racist, but only has room for some. And if you are not, I've been told that CJ, you just 
They look at you and they know you are not going to bend. You are not going to be, do what they tell you to do. And so there you go. Well, I can tell just by talking to you. Um, is there anywhere that you want people to find you at this point, social media, get in contact with you, help your causes? What, where do you want people to go and, and reach out? Well, they can reach out to me on my email um, because um, I need to find someone to do my website. Okay. Right. And so we're looking Have you tried on LinkedIn? You, 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 you know, LinkedIn is a great platform um, that I use. I will, do, I will do that because I have everything done, the mission statement, everything has been sitting there for two years. So it is a 501c3. So I just need to get everything up and running. But they can reach me at Celestine James 87 at yahoo.com. And then also um the um I am on Facebook and Celestine James. And then um they can reach me at 912-210-4786. Okay. I will put that in the uh, notes. Um, because I do broadcast this uh, on Rumble. Um, okay. uh, I'm more on Rumble at this point because <laughs> our conservative messages are getting canceled, as you know, and they are they are pretty much trying to keep our world going. So, um, mm -hmm. but I do have a lot of connections on LinkedIn for you that will probably once they watch this and they are in the service um, are that are willing to give back. So you just never know what kind of phone call you're going to get after this interview because people will love to hear your story and what you're what you're doing and what you're standing for. So that's why I wanted you on this show because I want people to know your story because I, I think there are many people like you that yeah. that are that that these things are happening to and yes. if you can be that voice for for all those people at this point maybe we can start opening some doors. And I, I think so. It's important. I don't want anyone else to be hurt. There are too many people being hurt who truly have that desire to be a servant, true servitude. Correct. And, and people need to understand the definition of that. And I think that's been lost. And so, you know, I think as there is a shift across the country, I think that it is a return to um, just common sense approach. And, and knowing that we are truly our brother and our sister's keepers. We are that. I am that. And I believe that wholeheartedly. And so for me, it is with that unconditional love. And I have to just say to them, you know, you when people are mean to you and they're ugly, still show them love. That is the hardest thing to do in the world is to show them love because you've got to understand that they have some things that maybe they're fighting against and so that they don't want the world to see. And so pray for them. Pray for them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, yeah. I appreciate your message and um, we will get this message out for you. And Thank Celestine, you. you are a true <laughs> fighter. I am so happy I got to meet you. <laughs> Well, and again, we got to meet through one of our mutual connections, who I call a very big patriot at this point. Absolutely, Ken Nuss. And Ken, Ken Nuss. Ken is is a. If, if you guys don't know Ken, he really is a fighter, and he is really he trying is. to spread the word for. And that's how we met. 
So I, uh, I thank him for putting the connection. And again, this goes back to the LinkedIn thing that I was mentioning to you, how mm-hmm. we can, we can help through those platforms and um, okay. that's, we are here to help. So you call okay. me anytime I'm here to help and I'm here to get thank your you. message out. And um, I really appreciate you spending the time with me today. And um, well, thank you. You know what? I will invite you to my next event. We're doing an event to bring awareness about um, for our domestic violence sufferers, which are men and women, by the way, and the resources that are available to not only the women and their children, but to the perpetrator as well. And so um, to make sure that people know what to do and how to do, and that's happening in March. Okay, please get, I will get that out because I do have um, actually many people in Georgia um, that follow me. Um, and they have, you know, they have ways to get messages out. So maybe we can get people out in the Georgia area, uh, to hear that message and uh, and see what you can do and how you can help them. Absolutely. CJ, you you are awesome. Have a great rest of your week (laughs) and we will be in touch here. I appreciate you. All right. I appreciate you as well. God bless. All right. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, it's Dave Markowitz, and thanks again for listening to our podcast, The Find Freedom Network, today. And if you're also uh, watching it on Rumble, uh, please just go ahead and follow us on there as well. And until next time, thanks again for listening, and you guys have a great rest of your day.